Coming up on episode 29 of Star Wars Tonight, we have new details on The Force Awakens. That's right. J.J. Abrams has, uh, has a few thoughts, and we're going to talk about it. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It is the Star Wars Re Tonight podcast. <laughs> <laughs> tonight. It's Star Wars Tonight. It's not Star Wars Report quite yet, but it is Star Wars Tonight. Man, do we have a great show lined up for you. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. Episode 29 starts now. And I couldn't be happier to have uh, you with us for you guys tuning in live at uh, the Star Wars Report Facebook page. And of course, to everybody tuning in on the podcast version of this Thank you so much uh, for swinging by as we continue our nightly countdown to Star Wars Rogue One and do what we love to do, and that's talk about Star Wars. Uh, and here to help me do that today is a very good longtime Star Wars friend, friend of the program here, an awesome all-around dude. It's Mr. Bobby Roberts. How's it going, Bobby? It's doing okay. Thank you for, uh, for having me on, man. Uh, I'm, I'm loving Star Wars tonight on the run-up to... Rogue One. Uh, I fully enjoyed Nathan Butler showing up yesterday. Yes, his uh, do is the phrase dulcet tones overused? Like I yes. want to use it because I know what it means, and I think that it's very complimentary. <laughs> but if you if you use if everyone's got dulcet tones, then we're all just velvet throated broadcasting professionals, and and there's got to be a way to to make Mr. Butler's. Yeah, we need a the show. Yes, because we respect. need like a, a a greater array of tones yeah. that can express. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, Nathan. That's a good question. Do you know what dulcet is? I assumed it has something to do with the dulcimer. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea, but that's just my it's long time. Things, like like people will say hands down but they don't know uh, where the hands are going and why they're being <laughs> placed downwards. Like they don't, they just say hands down. Like nobody so really true. thinks about that. It is so true. It is so true. No, um, like I say, we have a jam packed show for you guys tonight. And here's the thing. It's often that what happens is that we got about half an hour each and every night uh, to do this. And like, we'll, it, uh, you will blink and it's over. So I don't want to. I don't want to dilly dally. We're going to jump straight into the news. We have something to report. Sir, I have the news. Data brought to us by the Botany spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. This evening, uh, this evening, I definitely want to highlight a piece from Up Rocks because it has its two X's. Arcs. Mm -hmm. um, I've always wondered what the difference between Up Rocks and Upworthy is. You're you're a writer. Like, uh, Upworthy is a completely different site that used to be something along the lines of uh, back when Dig was still around uh, and Reddit was a total novelty. Upworthy was essentially yeah. well, news site that operates on those same principles. Uproxx is a play on words uh, about a uh, it's, it's like a form of hip hop dance. Oh, actually, it's what you do before you start breaking. You, you, you OK, OK. That weird little dancing so, thing that they do right before they hit the floor. That's an uprock and uprocks. Uh, yeah, it's see to play on that term. Uh, there, there's so many jokes I want to talk say right now based off of some things you were tweeting earlier this week. But I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna, we've learned two. <laughs> we've learned two things. We've learned two things. That's a yeah, super yeah. insider joke. Um, two things. Number one, we've learned a bit about the source of today's story on J.J. Abrams, and number two, we've learned how white Riley is. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. Okay. All right. And, and having said that, as having established that, uh, we've got to jump into a, a, a litany of things that are being revealed. I really think we, we've got to do some kind of like dedicated breakdown once mm. the commentary, J.J. Abrams' commentary to Star Wars The Force Awakens is released. Of course, it's out on Blu-ray November 15th. So that's, um, and we need, we need to clarify because yeah. I know a lot of people are worried about this. The commentary itself is on the regular 2D version of the disc that you get in that set. You don't have to watch the 3D version to hear it. They put the commentary on the regular version. So you will be safe if you do not have a 3D projector or television. You'll still be able to hear it. I'm still saying, man, why don't... Can we just have um, a five-buck iTunes add-on? Just like... <sighs> you would think. You would think. I mean... <laughs> Obviously, it's inevitable someone somewhere is probably going to try and throw it up on YouTube. I mean, and that's oh yeah, that's a pretty gray area. Um, yeah. Like you're not actively trying to rip off Lucasfilm in that case, but on the other hand, you didn't you 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 didn't you didn't pay for it. Yeah, so, no, I mean, absolutely. But I mean, yeah, it it would make a ton of sense if you already own it digitally, if you own it on iTunes uh, or you own it through Amazon for either of those entities to be like, yeah, here's 99 cents. Here's an additional audio track. It doesn't take up hardly any space. A commentary can be compressed to hell and back and you wouldn't notice it. So, I mean, yeah, it seems like that's 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 a revenue stream they could be tapping that people would be happy for because, oh, yeah, people love a commentary especially a jj abrams commentary which is funny because he says he's not good at it on this commentary that's really <laughs> yeah, he says he's not very good at commentaries which is just i think him being self-deprecating because i mean have we directors still doing commentaries that's, I, that's I good a, i'm trying to th- i've never gone back i've i've listened to the commentary for i believe the phantom menace and revenge of the sith i've never listened to any of the commentaries for the original trilogy any of them star wars commentaries are this is I don't want it to sound brown nosy, but honestly, some of the best Star Wars commentaries I have heard were um, were were fan based. Um, yeah, it, because I mean, and there's not some great just, podcast ones too out there. Oh yeah, there's a lot. There's, there are so many podcast fan commentaries that are absolutely worth your time, especially if you're trying to approach a commentary like a lot of people do, as being able to listen in on essentially a whole bunch of people getting slightly tipsy and just sort of having fun with the film. Like for a lot of people, that's what a commentary is. For some people, they yeah. want it to be film school in a box, which is also very cool. And I think that's that's closer to how J.J. Abrams rolls it. But there are a bunch of people who only first got you know, wind of the idea of a commentary via stuff like, uh, you know, South Park or uh, Kevin Smith's DVDs, like those sorts of things. So for them, they think a commentary mm. is you load a whole bunch of people in a room, uh, you give them a jug of wine, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you let them go. Um, and there are actually a fair amount of Star Wars fan uh, podcast commentaries that combine the two. Like you got that rowdy element, but you also have a fair amount of trivia uh, and insight into the making of the film and how that film affected people. Yeah, I feel like it's not in the... It's not in the can right now, but I feel like it's too good of a time to mention right now that we are planning the live commentary watch party for The Force Awakens uh, nice. for the whole across the Star Wars Report network. We're going to do it an upcoming Sunday evening, Saturday or Sunday evening at the end of this month. Uh, so just stay tuned for that. We'll, of course, be promoting it here on, on, on Star Wars tonight. And and uh, and and actually, and we'll probably and we'll be doing it. We'll be doing it live here, right here on the Facebook page. And then, like, which I, I feel like I have to say hi to the folks in the chat because we've got quite an active chat tonight. So, guys, thanks nice. so much for stopping by. And by the way, uh, Charles in the chat's backing you up. Yeah, or is backing me up. DLC. May, I mean, I embrace it. It, it works for video <laughs> games. Give us oh, some, like 
it absolutely works for video games. Although once you rip the lid off that particular thing, I don't know how video gamey we want our movie purchases uh. to get because that, <laughs> ooh, that's a slippery slope. I mean, everybody's like, there's already news stories today. I didn't put them in the docket, but there's already news stories today about Battlefront 2. Uh, mm-hmm. about how that's coming out uh, about a year from now. So yeah. we'll get a solid two years with Battlefront and then we'll be buying it again and then all the other season passes and levels. So anyway, this, this commentary. Yes, this commentary. Let's talk about it. So, uh, and of course, I always try to do, uh, I, I'm, I'm usually terrible about this and I'm trying to get better and especially since I have a professional writer on, I want to give credit to Mike Ryan from Upper Rocks who, uh, who actually uh, details some really interesting uh, moments from the commentary. And like I say, we'll probably do a more in-depth with audio as, as the actual release itself comes out. But um, I actually, so, so here's, is, this is just sort of a litany of notes, and we're going to hit through them real fast, and then anything we want to park on for a minute, uh, Bobby, let me know, and we'll do that. Uh, but first, yep. opening scene, Kylo Ren, Laura Santeca. To me, she's royalty. Uh... Uh, Abrams said he cut a line in which Kylo Ren references his mother and father. Abrams felt it was just too soon in this film to start alluding to Ren's relationship. Yeah, that's a little bit of a uh, that's a little bit of a tip. Yeah, uh, I mean, I thought I I thought they were tiptoeing it with the amount of allusions that were already in there. Like you could sort of tell the back and forth between Lor Santeca uh, and and Kylo Ren was mostly expositional. It was like, okay, you two are only talking to sort of fill us in right now on the fact this this guy with all the apparatus mm-hmm. is he's got a past that you know about. Um, so, yeah, it, that was a very wise decision, I think, to, to make that as, as lean as possible. Yeah, no, I think uh, that definitely, definitely. Also, one of the stormtroopers that is holding uh, Poe later in the scene uh, is played by composer Michael Giacchino. I got corrected by an email. Uh, and look at that. Look at that fist pump. Bobby, he's so proud of me right now. <laughs> That's well you should be. Because I went through a whole show the, uh, earlier this week where I was still doing the Giacchino. Uh, yeah. I'm being too soft, too soft. Uh, so, I mean, there you, maybe that you maybe had a little conversation uh, with, with JJ saying, hey, if you ever need, if like for some reason a composer drops out last minute because of scheduling issues, mm-hmm. I'm your man. I don't think there was anyone in the world who didn't think Michael Giacchino was going to get a Star Wars movie sooner dude, rather than have later. You heard, have you listened to the Doctor Strange soundtrack yet? Dude, oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. It's great. Well, I remember so many people were worried about him being on Doctor Strange precisely because they thought they were going to water him down and fit him into the sort of Marvel canon of film scores, which is more or less blandy, bland, bland. Um, and I was like, you can't bland up. Giacchino you can't do yeah. it and then he does his score for Doctor Strange and it's basically like he wrote the score on a blacklight poster it sounds <laughs> it sounds like prog rock it sounds it like, does. And like it, well you know what's important it's a defi- it's a defined in fact I have a challenge for you Bobby Roberts hum the Doctor <laughs> Strange theme the movie isn't even out uh, yet if oh, you can do it I can't hum it yet uh, I ha- I've only gotten one listen to the soundtrack and I haven't seen the movie yeah I know, but it, it's absolutely, it sounds like, you know, side B of a Yes album from 1978. It sounds like it got stoned in a Camaro yeah. and, and crawled out and played a game of Dungeons and Dragons. That's what that score sounds like. And it's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, yeah, wait. I was going to pull it up, but it would take, t- take too long. We, we'll, maybe we'll get a chance later uh, in the program yeah, to yeah. do it. But yeah, all right. Number three, uh, Abram said that casting Adam Driver was all Kathleen Kennedy's idea. Uh, and the uh, trick was prying him away from his duty on girls. Abrams has to give thanks to Judd Apatow and Lena Dunham. I don't, to this day, uh, there's, there's missing pieces from 
his performance. And I'm willing to wait for episode eight and nine to really see what those pieces are before mm-hmm. I really settle because he there are elements of, of his portrayal of Kylo Ren that it's twofold. One, I think there are legitimate issues that I have with his kind of stilted performance. But yeah. I don't think it's by accident. I'm sure it was on, on purpose, too. I'm just kind of bitter. So I, I, I fully acknowledge that as an issue as well. See, I, I understand and uh, absolutely agree that there's a weird bit of, of hesitancy. And, and uh, it's a very mannered performance. A very uh, it, He means to do all the weird sort of jittery, pent-up things that he's doing. And you can tell it isn't accidental. But uh, I thought it fit into the characterization mostly because We're the Kylo Ren that yet. he's presenting to us. Uh, is basically he's fronting. He's pretending to be way harder than he really is. Han Solo and, can't save you now. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think I think that's a lot of what it is. Like he's he's basically posing and preening and pretending to be the vision of cool he thinks he needs to be to be the badass that lives up to mm-hmm. grandfather. And when you try to be that cool, you always end up coming off as an awkward dork. Uh, and that's, I think, what Kylo Ren is like for most of The Force Awakens. And I also think that's why some fans uh, go, I don't know if I like him very much. It's because this, there's, a, there's an awkward dork who is very obviously fronting and trying to be cooler than he really is in front of you. And it makes you sort of awkward and cringy. Yeah, yeah. Here's an interesting moment. J.J. Uh, Abrams calls the dialogue between Poe and Finn when uh, Poe tells Finn the color of BB-8. It's blatant exposition, and he just admits that, you know, it's only there so he could recognize the droid later. And you know what? It does, it, he's not as... It, in fact, I think this has been a running theme. There was an episode of... Uh, just, who was this? I'm always terrible because I listen to so many Star Wars podcasts, and I always try to give credit. I th- All right, I'm not even going to try. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know who you are, and I just feel terrible about it. Uh, where it, 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 was an, it was being pointed out that... it. it Abrams could be awfully apologetic at times, like maybe just too much. Just like, just say it was on purpose. Stop admitting mistakes, JJ. Uh, <laughs> but that kind of feeds right into that. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, oh, the Tie Fighter exploding after it sinks uh, into the sand in Jakku. That was uh, Steven Spielberg. Which it not... sounds like a Spielberg idea. Hey, you know what'd be cool here? Just, just for the heck of it, uh, have the sand eat. Is the there, Tie Fighter. Is there documentation of Spielberg's involvement with the Utapal sequence? Or was it the Utapal sequence? I believe he did a lot of previs on basically the entire last two reels of uh, of Revenge of the Sith. Um, yeah. To the point where uh, like basically... How public is that? Is that like in the behind-the-scenes books? Where where did that information come yeah. from? Like, I, remember, I, I remember first reading it in a magazine, and it might have been Vanity Fair. I'm not sure, because there were a lot of profiles in a lot of uh, mainstream magazines when the prequels were, were running through. Um, but I do know that um, it's been mentioned more than a couple times that he absolutely uh, was basically given an entire sequence to mess with, and I think... I think it's the Mustafar sequence in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, primarily the, the the bits where they're floating along on robots over the, the river of lava mm-hmm. and sword fighting each other. And all, a, a lot of that was straight up Spielberg. He just went, he went comic book all over it. Do we get a Spielberg Star Wars movie? Nope. I think uh, no. Force Awakens was as close as we get. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, it's a shame, man. Like, can you imagine? I, well, I, I, I can. J.J. Abrams does Spielberg karaoke, and that's basically all he's ever done. Uh, and if you want to know what a Spielberg movie or a Spielberg Star Wars movie would look like, like that's that's basically it. The Force Awakens is, is there you go. Same camera moves, uh, a lot of the same uh, lighting, a lot of the same uh, pacing, a lot of the same instincts and in storytelling. Uh, it's, 
if you wanted to know what Spielberg and Lawrence Kasdan would have done with a Star Wars movie, I think Force Awakens is pretty close to what you would have gotten. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, Abrams also explained the, uh, that he reshot the scene where Ray and Finn first met. We did know this. But more interestingly, in the original scene, Ray had never heard of Luke Skywalker. However, Abrams kind of changed that because he figured if you'd heard and idolized Han Solo in the Rebellion, there's no way you haven't heard of mm-hmm. at least the... I, I feel like Luke Skywalker, it's sort of like... A popular boy bands now, like everyone, it, it, you know, you might, it might. Oh, now I'm going to embarrass myself. Well, actually, probably not embarrass myself by my lack of knowledge of boy bands. But you have like Liam, and all right, I'm one, one, one direction in. Uh, I need one more name. Liam, Nigel. Yes. <laughs> it's like you have Liam and Nigel. You like? I bet it's not like Nigel. I might be wrong, but you know, you get you that. I feel like they're both rock stars of the Rebellion, and if you know one, you know who mm-hmm. the other ones. Even if Han Solo's the best. And if it's if you're going with this if you're going with the boy band uh, comparison, that might also explain why uh, Finn's response to uh, Luke's name being invoked is, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent excellent point. Uh, Abram says he borrowed a trick from George Lucas on the characters separating and reuniting, and this is true. It's kind of crazy. Um, like for example, The Empire Strikes Back, where Luke and Leia are literally together like three minutes in the entire movie. I didn't, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't even think about that. That is so true. Yeah, um, I mean, and and it was part. Of, it was partially why I was fairly, uh, fairly uh, confident that we weren't going to get uh, the big three yeah. together to any real degree in the Force Awakens. Like I remember a lot of people sort of uh, expecting there to be like a big meetup moment, or uh, you know, that the hero moment where all three of them are together finally again mm-hmm. and they go out on an adventure. And I was like. Uh, Empire Strikes Back had him occupying the same space for all of like 90 seconds. I think it's entirely possible um, most of the main cast is going to be split up and scattered to the three winds. And a lot of people in retrospect are sort of upset with The Force Awakens, and I understand it. Um, I don't necessarily agree, but I understand it. Um, A lot of people are sort of upset with The Force Awakens and that they finally got the, the, the original three back and never did put them on. Like, Luke is never going to see Han Solo again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Leia never even got to see Luke in this movie. So, I mean, like the last time you see all three of those characters together on the screen at the same time is at the Ewok barbecue at the end of Return of the Jedi. That's it. Mm-hmm. Although, to be fair, if the last time you see all three of them together is at a super happy, <laughs> funky ass uh, Ewok barbecue, that's not a bad it's not a bad image to have. There's they're clapping along with Lando and Chewie grooving into the, the yub nub. Like, that is the most awkward clap too. Lando, <laughs> Lando's clap at the end of ROTJ. I he is Billy D. I, I you know he, all I'm mm-hmm. saying that he is on cloud nine. <laughs> he's just like he's having too much fun. All right, um, and then uh, there's actually you know what I want to. Uh, there, there's so many more of these, but there's one that we have to get to. So I'm going to jump straight to this one. In fact, this was w- one that I was seeing a lot of different sites pick up on. They kind of bury it in the mix here, but it's Luke Skywalker's lightsaber and the backstory there. Uh, according to Abrams, um, and as has been mentioned before, as, as the writer on Uprox points out, the, it was supposed to be in the first shot of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, floating through space. Hmm. I wait, a se- wait just a half a yeah. darn second. I have a distinct memory of listening to an episode of Full of Sith Mm. Where this this was like, this is the do or die rumor. People were like fighting on both sides of this rumor when it was going around. And you were, the, you were sticking up for it. You're like, guys, I think it's right. 
And I think it was, was it Brian Young. I, I don't want to. I don't want to besmirch those who aren't here to defend themselves. But I believe it was him saying, "Yeah, there's no way they do that." Well, he was right. It was one of those rare instances where we were both right. Um, I could see them starting the film that way, and they had actually planned to start the film that way. Uh, it even got so far as being storyboarded. But then Brian was right because someone looked at it and was like, "Nah, we're not going to do that." Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but but here, it was absolutely planned. It was one of the first rumors about that movie to uh, to leak. And on an, on a side note. I do like, and maybe it's a, a combination of the fact that people just don't seem to be all that interested in spoilers so much anymore. Like the desire for spoilers seems to have been cut in half, if not more. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm right there. But production on both uh, Rogue One and uh, Episode 8 has been a lot tighter. Like, even if you wanted to actually try and seek out spoilers, there's not much to seek out. Like, I think, I think like the, the biggest spoilers anyone's been hearing about, like, in the last month is that, like, Luke Skywalker wears clothes. Uh, yeah, like a clothing description. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like drawings of clothes. That's basically what you have to go with so far as spoilers go. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think the fact that we know Star Wars is coming once a year, like it's absolutely definitely coming once a year, ratchets down a lot of the anxiety that causes people to seek out spoilers so they can be reassured that they're not walking into a turkey. Now that they know one's coming every year, they're just sort of like, I'll let the movie play as it comes because if I don't like this one, there's another one next year. You got the next one. Yeah, yeah. No. in between that time, I got TV shows that I know that I like. I got books coming. Like the revitalization of the series is such that I think it sort of on its own pushes down yeah. uh, the desire and the and the raw need, the, the the geeky need to get spoilers. Um, but yeah, the the lightsaber, the disembodied hand attached mm-hmm. to a lightsaber floating through space was supposed to be um, the opening shot of the movie, which would then lead into a. Uh, a weird bit of thing about the saber sort of going through multiple hands and then the movie proper would start and then the movie would continue on and we'd find out that the saber landing was a flashback and we didn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. And well, then there was like a series of visions that explained how it got there. Well, and I'm, yeah, um, actually, I'm going to jump straight in on that because there's a piece uh, by Ryan Britt in Inverse that goes into a little bit more detail here. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it highlights the fact that, you know, Maz Kanata did tell Han Solo how she uh, uh, came to possess it. We just didn't see it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she was like, oh, don't, don't cut away then. I actually remember going, watching it with some ROTC buddies uh, at the, like, the outdoor uh, community uh, screening that we went to a couple weeks ago. And that was the moment we were like, I, I, basically, any time that there was something that we all wanted to know, like Ray's parentage or any of those cutaways where you're like, no, I want to know, I don't want to know. We'd just all like in unison just say, no, no. <laughs> Don't cut away, JJ. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, I think the story is going to get told. I think, uh, or at least a, a version of it that is somewhat similar to what they might have had for Episode 7 is going to get reworked and repurposed in Ryan Johnson's script for Episode 8. So I think the pathway from the hand getting cut off on Cloud City yep. to, to Maz Kanata finally getting a hold of it and putting it in a box. Yep. Uh, I think we're going to hear about it at some point in Episode 8. They put a lot of work into telling that aspect of the story. I don't think they're just going to chuck the whole thing. It's, it's kind of like Star Wars tradition. If you put a lot of work into something, uh, eventually someone somewhere down the line is going to resurrect your idea, uh, put new clothes on it, and trot it out in front of the screen. Yeah, and this could, this could be related... Um, as the inverse piece points out to the that kind of brief reference in Aftermath where they r- talk about the acolytes of the beyond who are collecting a bunch of Darth Vader mm. related artifacts. So that yeah. could be a seed planted. If this were 20, 2009, 
Uh, I would say, <laughs> no way they don't tell. But actually, no. In this in this universe, um, uh, you know that I could actually see something just briefly touched on in a book uh, coming up in the film. So it's yeah. it's it's definitely interesting to say. Wow! I'll tell you what, Bobby. This is this episode's just just like I say, it's just flown by, man. But thank you so much for stopping by, as always. No problem, man. Thank you for having me, uh, and uh, and thank you for letting me run off the leash a little bit. And uh, I'll see you uh, next week, hopefully, or hopefully the week after. Absolutely, next. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, man. Yeah, no, we're working. I've got a spreadsheet. Um, I'm very <laughs> excited. We have some very exciting guests coming up. Uh, no, actually, seriously, uh, we I've literally a giant list of people I've been talking to for pretty much the whole year. Like, hey, you got, you're coming on Star Wars tonight, right? And oh, so nice. this laundry list, I'm actually trying to make into a functional show schedule. So I'll take just a moment here to do a couple things. Uh, one, yes, you will definitely hear Bobby back on in the very near future. In fact, coming right up, we have this Monday, we have Savannah Kiefer from the Dorky Diva. And then this Tuesday, we have the return, the return of the Glosson. Steve Glosson <laughs> makes his 2016 debut on nice. Star Wars tonight. Get excited. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every weeknight, with the exception of tomorrow. Tomorrow's Fridays, but never worry. We are doing a Friday show. However, it's for the folks who are supporting it. So if you're interested in our fifth show of the week and you also want to support this nightly live podcasting we're doing here at Star Wars Tonight, you can do so over at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. We actually had a couple new patrons already on, so we really, really appreciate you guys. It means the world. But if you can't, we certainly understand if you can't financially support, uh, another great way to support the show is getting the word out on iTunes. If you go to starwarsreport.com slash Star Wars Tonight iTunes, or just simply search for Star Wars Tonight in the iTunes store. That's where you'll find us. Leave us a rating and review. We really appreciate it. But that wraps up week one. Week one is officially completed in terms of the live streams. To everybody in the live chat, thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, it's been an absolute blast. Bobby Roberts can be found on Twitter. It's at Bobby Roberts PDX. Yep, that's it. That's the one. Make sure you're following him. We'll have the links to that there, and you'll be hearing him back here on Star Wars tonight in the very, very near future. Of course, follow the show at Star Wars Tonight. You can follow me on, on Twitter as well. It's at the Riley Guy to keep the updates for the show coming. We've got a lot of really exciting things happening and a lot of really cool guests that we'll be doing in the coming weeks. And we actually have some time to breathe. I sort of felt like last year, to be honest, doing this show in the lead up to The Force Awakens, information was just flooding so fast. <laughs> Those last 30 days, it was just like drinking out of a fire hose. And now that we're starting a little early, we have a little time to breathe and kind of get into the norm of things. So uh, you, found, you found the right place. It is Star Wars Tonight. Every weeknight, facebook.com slash Star Wars Report live. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. concludes this episode of Star Wars Tonight. Remember, the opinions expressed by the host are not those of the Star Wars Report, Disney, Lucasfilm, or any other semi-intelligent entity. Until next time, may the Force be with you, 
and stay out of trouble. Goodbye, kids! Oh wow, look at the explosion on my tablet. On my tablet, I'm just seeing the smiley faces and the hearts and the likes and stuff just explode across my screening uh, tablet there. That's, <laughs> that's awesome, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.